you feel like your life is spiraling out of control and everything is going way too fast, you have to listen to this podcast. Today, we will be discussing what constitutes a good life in a society that is obsessed with being busy. In this episode, I'll also show you a simple and a very basic way to slow down and be more present so that you can feel more alive in everything that you do. So, what does it mean to live a good life? Before exploring how to lead a good life, we have to first understand what a good life is. And this is a question that has been lingering too long. Think about what matters for a second. What do you think is the ultimate goal of life? Is it to maximize the experience of pleasure? In other words, do you think the good in good life is equal to pleasurable? Or does the good life equal to striving to be one's best self? and actualizing one's potential. But what exactly is the potential that is actualized? Are there infinite ways to live the good life? Meaning, do we each determine the value of our lives ourselves subjectively? Or are there objectively better or worse ways of living? I think these questions give us enough of a philosophical overdose. We can see that none of these questions have an easy answer. That's fine. These type of questions help us cultivate curiosity about life and make life interesting. There is no easy recipe for the good life. That's a given. Because the good life is an abstract idea, it can become an elusive goal. But without getting too philosophical about what a good life is, we can all agree that we want more joy, more happiness, and perhaps more balance, more inner harmony, and a greater sense of purpose and meaning in our lives. Is this too much to ask? Maybe, probably, I don't know. Also, in a way, a better life starts with a better lifestyle. How we organize our days, our choice of daily activities, our habits, they all play an important role in determining the quality of our life. Annie Diller, the Pulitzer Prize winner writer, expresses this idea, I think, in a very elegant way. She notes... How we spend our days is, of course, how we spend our lives. So, how do you spend your days? Most of us spend our days preoccupied with the noise, the frantic activity of our daily life. As we try to balance family, work, deadline pressures, daily responsibilities, bills, friends, and finally personal goals, we end up missing the majesty of existence. Just listing all this stuff in itself overwhelmed me. And this list also shows how small a portion of our lives is our own. As we try to balance all of our responsibilities and tackle our ever-growing to-do lists, we start living life in a constant time crunch. Time scarcity, I believe, is a major happiness killer. And the funny thing is, many of us celebrate being busy as a measure of self-worth. I'm busy really means I'm important. But this is a misconception. Our self-worth shouldn't be conditional on anything, including being busy. In college, I remember having not enough time to sleep because I was juggling so many things. And I have a tendency to do that. I was always pushing myself to do more, to achieve more, and constantly trying to outperform myself. At the time, I didn't find this problematic. I was proud of getting so much done and succeeding in so many different things. But then I had a huge epiphany. 
I was at Columbia University's main library, the Butler. I just submitted a paper, grabbed some yogurt from library's cafeteria as dinner because I didn't have time to eat a proper meal. And then I started reading the Roman philosopher Seneca's 2,000-year-old treatise on the shortness of life. That was for one of my philosophy classes. There, Seneca notes, being busy is the greatest distraction from living. Being busy is the greatest distraction from living. Because being busy causes us to mistake the doing for being present. As an overachiever person, this 2,000-year-old treatise changed my whole conception of a well-lived life. And to this day, it just amazes me how someone who lived more than 2,000 years ago played such a major role in changing my understanding of a good life. You would probably agree that in today's world, being present is nowhere as important as staying busy. Try to get as much done as possible. That's what we are constantly told explicitly or implicitly. We are expected to squeeze more and more into each day. Yet, life shouldn't be a rat race for survival. Time shouldn't fly by us. We shouldn't spend our lives just trying to get through the day. Such a life is no fun. If you constantly find it difficult to have the time to enjoy life, and if every day feels like a battle, you need to find a way to change this. But remember, nothing changes unless you make it change. For change to happen, you need to become more than you are. This requires energy and effort. And that's the difficulty. That's where we give up. By the way, that's why most popular day to start change tends to be not today, but tomorrow. In fact, the best time to start change is right now. Once we decide to take action, then the question is, how can we be more present and actively take time in our everyday lives to appreciate life as it is instead of being constantly on the go? This question can be tackled in so many different ways. And you can be sure that we will not settle for just one answer. We'll explore many potential solutions. The method we are going to explore today is mindful pause. It's simple, it's basic, and it's really fundamental. It's fundamental because to breathe is to live, and there is no life without breath. Also, our breath is always available to us. It's always here. No matter what situation we find ourselves in, we can always count on our breath as an anchor to the present moment, to here and now. Finally, focusing on our breath brings us back home. Our breath is not tied to anything outside us. Breathing mindfully shifts our attention inward. And interestingly, I find that it boosts our self-love. At this point, it's important to point out that becoming mindful of our breath is not the same as mindfulness meditation. Mindfulness meditation also involves other important components, such as metacognition or the awareness and understanding of one's own thought processes. We will explore mindfulness meditation in great detail in future. For today's instruction, it's quite simple or seemingly simple. Just allow yourself to pause and rest your attention on your breath for 30 seconds. Okay, I'll now walk you through the exercise. So take a moment to stop what you are doing and get comfortable and close your eyes. You can be sitting, standing or lying down. Just relax your body and tune into your breath. No forcing, no rushing, 
Rather than thinking about the breath, rest in the breath, relax into it. Now, breathe in, feel the sensation of the in-breath. Breathe out, feel the sensation of the out-breath. Where in the body do you feel the breath? With gentle curiosity, explore this. Is it at the nose? Or it might be in your abdomen, it might be in your chest or throat. Meanwhile, you might notice that your mind has started to wander. And that's okay. Just notice that this is happening. Gently redirect your attention right back to the breath. If you find it difficult to keep your attention on the breath, you can use counting to stay focused. I always do this. After the out-breath, you count one. Then you breathe in and out and count two. And so on, up to then. Just, just take 10 good breaths or just stay in this state for approximately 30 seconds. Then open your eyes and re-engage with the world, if possible, without hurry. That's basically it. You can do this exercise anytime. Everyone has their own preferences and you should just experiment with it. For example, you can make an appointment to yourself or set your alarm to specific times during the day that you know will work for you. Or you can do this exercise as soon as you wake up and right before you go to bed. Or if you have a busy schedule, you can do this once you complete a task or as you transition from one activity to another. Another good one is doing this every time you feel distracted. Then you might end up doing this pretty often, um, but it would tremendously help. Another great time for practicing is when you are feeling particularly stressed or anxious. Also, you have to stick with this. Consider this as a type of physical exercise. Don't expect to get results immediately. You'll definitely feel better after doing this for 30 seconds, but the real effects that you want to see, they'll take time to show up. You wouldn't observe any change in your biceps after doing, let's say, just 10 push-ups, right? Likewise, measure the impact of this exercise on the long run. Trust me, you'll start experiencing the effects far beyond the 30 seconds that you practice. This exercise will create a ripple effect that spreads far and wide over time, transforming and positively impacting your life. But you have to be consistent. In other words, you have to put in the effort. There are no magical magical pills in life to get us where we want to be. And if somebody promises that, you just have to run away. For the skeptical minded out there, I also have good news. There is also scientific evidence supporting the importance of mindful breathing. In one such study, participants who completed a 15-minute focused breathing exercise reported less negative emotion in response to slides that displayed negative images in comparison to people who didn't uh, obviously complete the exercise. So what does this suggest? The results suggest that breathing exercise helped to improve participants' ability to regulate their emotions so that they reported less negative emotions when they saw negative images. This is a good example of how mindful breathing can create a ripple effect that extends into our lives even only after it's practiced once. And here we are only doing this for 30 seconds. I didn't even get into details of how to breathe properly. What is really important when you embark on any type of change or introduce a new habit, I think, is that you have to start with setting yourself for success. And that's the intention of this exercise. It's simple, it's basic. That being said, simplicity should not be confused with simplistic. We are not 
oversimplifying anything here. Remember, if you want to grow flowers, you need to plant seeds first. And that's the purpose of this exercise. We start simple, we start basic. We are bringing a breath of fresh air to our day. Literally. So let me know how it goes as you try to get this new habit going. This podcast was originally in, aired in my YouTube channel, The Good Life Kit. So if you want to take the discussion further, please share your questions, objections, revelations um, on my YouTube channel or on my Instagram account, The Good Life Kit. Thank you so much. I really look forward to continuing and I cannot wait to see what you will accomplish along the way. Thank you.